Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. She's a song on a car. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 68. On today's show, we discuss Chipper United, Luke Emil, and the firing of Dan Masilela. We react to the UEFA Champions League after an intense week of, of uh, quarterfinal action. And we also react to some of the PSL results and make our predictions for the upcoming weekend. As usual, uh, I am not alone. Uh, joining me is former IX Cape Town and Mamelodi Sundowns goalkeeper, Mr. Sean Roberts. How are you doing? Lou, I'm magnificent. Just repeat that uh, coach's name. Luke who? Emil. <laughs> Okay, I'll let Teko try to pronounce it. It's Is it Emil or Emil? Uh, you know what, Sue? I put my foot in it because I, I don't even know, but I know it's not that <laughs> It doesn't matter. We hate to move you. Um, <laughs> and also joining uh, us on the show is former Orlando Pirates and Mamelodi Sundowns midfielder, Teko Mudisa. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Slew. <laughs> so whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Mahikang 96.7 FM's Game Time, welcome to the show. We always start with, um, you know, he always tells us it's going to be the best joke that we've heard so far, and we always hear the worst one. But Sean Roberts, what is the joke of the day? This is next level. Right. Therapist, what brings you in today? Me. I have a terrible fear of tsunamis. Therapist, how bad is it? Me. It comes in waves. I could just see Aiden on the other side of this production laughing his pants off. <laughs> well, I'll tell you another thing that comes in waves. Chipper United coaches. Um, <laughs> so we start off today's show with pole position. Pole position. Poll position is where we ask a question to either our Facebook uh, readers or to our supporters club. Today we went with the supporters club and we asked, does Chipper Mpengesi, the Chipper United uh, uh, boss, does he owe us an apology for, for the whole situation regarding Luke Emil, which we'll get into in a, in a moment. But here's what you guys had to say. I'll be very honest with you. Chipampengues doesn't owe anyone an apology. The only people that owes PSL an apology is the people who granted Luke Emil visa to work in South Africa. Chipampengues, he owes us for an apology because of this racist who was rejected by SAFA last year. Mbengis must apologize. I think it was wrong the first time. I think it was issue. And there you have it. Uh, a lot of anger surrounding this situation. Chipper United, um, there's no love lost with this team. Uh, they, they've, you know, when we talk about the revolving door of the PSL, there's no club that better represents that than Chipper United themselves. They've run through coaches over the past few years. Um, Dan Masilela being the latest. Um, and they tried to hire, this is the second time actually, actually they did it back in December last year <laughs> of trying to hire this guy, Luke Emil, who um, of course had a controversial situation over in Tanzania uh, with a younger SC. Um, I, I'm not going to do, because this is a podcast and we can say whatever the f*** we want on here. I'm not going to yeah. do this thing of saying allegedly. You know, I heard him say what he said it's his <laughs> voice we all know his voice and um Jeez. you know he, he he went about calling people dogs and people um you know uh you know he set up all kinds of racist stuff uh back when he was mm -hmm. in tanzania mm -hmm. uh it's so bad that eff got involved um you know and, yeah, and, and suffer came out and said no you know we we don't want him here but chipper united tried their best anyway and they've now had to let, let him go again because of the backlash so Mm -hmm. I want to ask for your guys' genuine reactions here. What do you make of this messy, messy situation? There's so many layers to this, but um, oh. what's your reaction to the Luke Emil hiring and firing and Chippy United's problems? Sean, your favorite team. Oh, my favorite team. I think But before the end of the podcast, though, we need to find out how to pronounce his name. I think that's my goal. <laughs> but, uh, dude, I mean... It's so bad. I mean, it's nearly as bad. It's on par with what Stuart Baxter said in India, wasn't it? Um, but but 
yeah, you can't be saying this stuff, but we've gone through this before. But um, I think Chipper tried to get around it by appointing him as the technical director and not the head coach. But everyone knew he was sort of going to be the head coach and Safa obviously stepped in again. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you say one thing and it costs you your whole career. And I think this is what it's done. I mean, it's how stupid can you get? Um, but does Chipper... Uh, it's so bad, man. I mean, I've, I've played for Chipper for crying out loud. It's, um, I don't know what to say. I mean, the, I would hate to be a player there now because I would think when I was there, at least I had one coach. Um, but I mean, players that have been there, I mean, like the captain, uh, he's, he must have had more coaches than hot meals. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, 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 it's unbelievable. How do you get any sort of continuity, um, camaraderie, in a team like Chipper, it's it's actually it it's bizarre how they're still in the PSL. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't know. It's we've been down this road a hundred times, and uh, I hope the next coach that they employ is there for at least twelve months with a little bit of continuity, with a little bit of a game plan. Um, and I, I'd actually like to see that at Chipper. I'd like to see a coach there for two, three seasons and building a squad, because I think that they've they've got the stadium. They've got a little bit of vision. They don't have a bad squad. Defensively, they're struggling a bit. Up front, I quite like them. Uh, midfield's not too shabby. But to have a coach there for 12, 18 months and, and see where it goes, why not? I think Dan was the man. He just uh, wasn't given an opportunity. I, I think I think they panic. I think, what are they, third from bottom now? And they, they sort of panic. And they think that a new coach is going to change things up. Possibly, I don't know. But it, it hasn't really worked for them in the past. So I'd, I'd love to hear Teko's opinion on this. But it's just, it's utter madness. Your favorite team? Oh, uh, for me, I'd say yeah. For the fact that you 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 still recycling coaches, you know, you never get somebody new to come into the team, and whenever you do get somebody new, you don't even give them enough chance to actually be there for a while. Yeah. And then and and you as a team, you guys Chipa becomes famous of stuff that happens outside the pitch, not on the pitch. You know, with with them firing coaches, they're not getting, you know, good review in terms of how they play, how they win games. We've never had this conversation about cheaper, and 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 that's bad for the team because you 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 tend to look at the team and like you ask yourself whether they they actually, you know, have a plan in the beginning of the season where they want to see themselves, and uh, what type of a coach do they need to have with uh, compared to the players that they have. Because it's important to have a coach that will bring out the best uh, out of the players that you have, and that will actually be able to use the players that you have. Because you're cheaper United, you can't go and um, and sign players and buy expensive players. But for me, it's 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 something that has been happening cheaper for so many years, and and it's it, it's it's boring and it's, it's it's exhausting actually. I think a football karma or football gods will get to them. I think it's high time that cheaper gets relegated. I know I want one of the Polokwane team to get out. I think Chipa should. Not because of the squad that they have, but because of how uh, um, Chipa um, Benges is running his team. I don't think he's respecting football. And I'm a football person. I want foo- I want people that are involved in football to respect the game because I've got so much love for it. And for the fact that you want to rehire a coach that is a racist, what makes you think that when it comes to your team, he's not going to do the same? Because this is the, guy, this is the same guy that also... He was saying um, that people in Chipper United they don't know anything about football. All they do is talk, 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 talk. So how do you rehire a guy that spoke badly publicly about you guys? And and here's the thing: when 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 Luke came into South Africa just not not uh, not so not so long ago, he he wasn't supposed to come to Chipper. He was supposed to go to, I think, TTM. Yes. And then this whole situation where he's stuck at the hotel, nobody fetches him at the, the airport. Now they cheaper <laughs> looked at him like, ah, he's one South African football, bro. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I don't get it. Like in, in South Africa, we we have we have we, we have one of the best leagues in the continent. Sure. You know, we've got we've got big big corporate sponsors within our leagues. You mm. know, there's so much money to play for. There's so many things to play for. You know, uh, I don't think Chipan Pengas has an idea of what he's doing, and he's been in football for so long. It's it's very disturbing to see him doing this, and when you when you see other teams that are trying to 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 do better, 
they, they, they're struggling worse and you feel like I, I wish they can have the opportunities that Chipa has. But with just that with Chipa, I, I don't see, like there's nothing that I like about Chipa. I don't want to lie. Whether it's how they play, whether it's how they run their team, and I've got nothing against the players, but it's just that that team is it's not a team that I'll play for. Mm. Even if they promise me a million bucks a month, I'll never play for that team because you never know who's coming next. It's like one of the situations where you're a kid, you're in a very, very poor circumstances where you don't know when, when is the next, next meal. That's what Chipa is with the coaches. You don't know who's going to coach you. And every time there's a new coach, there's different uh, players play. And then mm. two months later, there's another coach and then Ket Leknis is still there. Like, it's, it's, it's very disturbing to see what happening, what's happening at Chipa. And for Chipa Mpangas to actually to come and try and rehire the coach is disrespecting not only the PSL, not only SAFA, but just the football fraternity as a whole in South Africa and the fans as well. I think that's wrong on, on every level. Yeah, it's such a messy situation, you know, and it almost feels like they're more, as a team and, and, and Chippo uh, himself, they're more angry at the media uh, than they are at their own structures. You know, I saw um, them going at Robert Marawa for reporting on it. There's another journalist whose name escapes me who said that Chipper took offense uh, by him calling him trigger happy. And I mean, he's the most trigger happy uh, team <laughs> boss that there is. Yeah. You know, firing and hiring, firing and hiring. There's somebody posted these two images. It had to be two images where they where they posted each coach, how long they stayed, how many matches they coached for over the past two seasons. And it was about 13, 14 coaches. So, wow. you know, I, what, I, what, I also, what I also want to know is um, from you guys, uh, you know, we, we've seen, I, I want to bring up TTM as an example. They started the season as the most hated team in the league and somehow Triple United have replaced them. Um, do you think that it's uh, it's that 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 lack of respect for, for, for their fans and for the fraternity, that that is going to be something that they can turn around? Um, do you think that uh, Chippa Mengesi is, 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 you know, does he have the right mindset to be able to turn this team around or... or you know what what does the future hold for this team in your opinion yeah look slu i um you know when you meet chipper he's he's actually a very nice person um um and, and we've spoken about this at length on this podcast that unfortunately there are unfortunately there are non-football people involved in football mm, mm. um and he's a, he's, a, he's a super super nice guy i just don't think he's football minded and i don't think he's surrounded by people who are football minded and that's that's obviously a problem. Uh, we saw how TTM have sort of rectified their situation. They were, without a doubt, the most hated team in the PSL. Um, they're not anymore. The players are getting paid. They sold, it sounds like they sold to the right sort of person. Um, don't quote me on that. It sounds like it. Um, they've made some a couple of exciting signings with Levesa going there on a short-term contract, etc., etc. Uh, so... Of course, Chipper can turn it around. It's up to him, though. It'll be interesting to see who is their next coach. I think that'll that'll sort of dictate in our next podcast because I think we'll find out in the next week um, who which direction they're going. So I have someone in mind. I hope it is this person. And if it is this person, then uh, who's uh, that, Sean? That'll be epic. I can't which say. Which I can't say. What? I can't say. <laughs> I can't say. I'll WhatsApp you all now. <laughs> what do you think it'll take to turn Chippa around? Um, I think it's 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 all down to the players, Lou, because uh, at the end of the day, they they employ to do a job, and what Chippa does and uh, Ben Gessie, what Chippa does, uh, it's 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 the boss. So you always make those calls, but it's for players. You employed, you have a contract to do duties for cheaper United. So I think the players themselves, because they need to understand that so that their jobs are on the line. Because one of those days where where a team gets relegated and then half of the team, you know, uh, move on and get in, find teams and be able to continue and play. Nowadays, you see players with clearances and they sit longer than two seasons without finding a team. So things are difficult yeah. right now. Yeah. And I think it's important for players to understand that no matter, even though you're performing better at cheaper, it doesn't necessarily mean that you guarantee their contract next season. So I think it's important for players to actually grind the results and find a way out because that's the only way. Because whatever cheaper does, it affects the management, it affects the coaching staff. But on the pitch, at the end of the day, the players are the one that makes the system work. 
So I think the players themselves that they need to take themselves out of that situation because at the end of the day, I would hate to 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 see ourselves again speaking about cheaper being relegated and those players not having jobs. What else we know that they do have the quality, they do have the team to actually survive. Look, yeah. cheap cheaper. It, it's, look at the position where they are on the lock and compare cheaper players individually to other teams that they're struggling. Uh, also, um, in terms of relegation zone, cheaper is far better in terms of the quality. And 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 you 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 you'd hate to see that uh, those players are playing in NFD. Not that there's anything wrong with NFD, but we just say, I always <laughs> say that I always love to see the PSL getting stronger, teams getting stronger, competing, so that the, uh, so that it can be exciting. Yeah. Look at how we speak about Amazon uh, today. It's, it's a different conversation than we had last season. You know, and it's a different conversation that we had, you know, uh, about Amazulu and other teams previous season. But those are the those are the teams. I think Amazulu is a good example of how to improve the team and yes. finding the right people to be involved within the team. That changes everything within the team. Yeah. And, and it I goes back to what I said, hey, Teko, like it was new ownership, right? At TTM, new ownership at Amazulu. Um, yeah. Is that what it takes to, for Chipper? Um, obviously, there'll have to be a name change. <laughs> but... Uh, look, uh, Sean... Yeah. I, I I still I still think that 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 that, that even though they can cheap cheap as a businessman, sure. Amazon new own is a businessman, so uh, Petrus Petip is a businessman. You know, there's there's teams that are owned by people that are businessmen, business people, and they take their uh, uh, philosophies and and methods of businesses they bring into football and and let football be football but the business side becomes the business side right i don't i don't think i don't think that's the case at cheaper you know you can be it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a, a good businessman you can do good business in football sure. so i think that's why it is important now to have the right that people business yes the right people for football to actually let football run football and yes. uh, the business side become the business side so i think cheaper is mixing it and uh, he becomes emotional because 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 he's a businessman and also he's invested so much money into the company and of course you 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 tend to react because now you're looking at your investments which is which is understandable but then put the right people on on the football side of things that can actually you know teach you certain things about football because it's important to to as much as as much as you want to you know uh, look at after your investment but it's important as well to have people that are there with the, the same interest as you. I don't think people that are cheaper there, they've got the same interest as cheaper. Cheaper, cheaper, cheaper Mpeng is, is, is reacting in terms of this money that has been put in. It, it is a team that runs, you know, with no sponsor and they've got a bigger responsibility because they're representing uh, Eastern Cape. You know, not only, you know, and, 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 it's, and it's good for Eastern Cape to have a team, but also I think cheaper needs to, I mean, we've been speaking about Chipper United for the last three seasons. I think mm. the certain certain things, something must change because you can't be doing the same thing and expecting a change. Yeah, so exactly. Certain, something something needs to give in, and uh, he needs to figure out whether is he the right person to own the team or not. And if so, then then start hiring people that are football people to come in and help you. And like Correct. when you say football people, there are very 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 good for good football people that can be employed yes. there cheap and change things. Yes, I agree. It's it's very very rare, uh, Teko, that, and you'll agree on this, that you get someone like a John Kamitsis who is a football guy and a business guy. And if you yeah. see how Cape Town City is run as as yeah. a football club and as a business, uh, hmm. it's very rare, and we need more of it. We need yeah. we need more, Sean. We need and 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 on that, Sean, look, you look at you look at Chippewa United's uh, average age, it's 32, 33. Still young in South African terms, brother. Very young. Ah, come on. If if you want to continue to, if if you want you want to compete, you 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 need to have a plan. And sure. I don't think Cheaper has a plan. I've, I've I've never. I don't even know when was the last time I heard a youngster playing for Cheaper. Well, that's the thing. There's no development structure there, is there? So so Sean, that's that's number one problem because of now course. you don't have the money to buy players, but of you course. don't have a development structure as well. So exactly. so now if you, if if that's what I'm saying, that that's when he needs to implement his business side of things. Yeah. And now with football people around him, they'll actually tell him that you can, listen, we need to have a resource where we can actually pick up players and bring them into the first team. So sure. that we don't have to spend so much money in buying players. And also we need to have a coach that also, you know, is aligned with the development team that understands and see these players whether they are ready or not. So they need yeah. to be like a, a good communication within the team and people need to know their 
their, their roles. I'm sure at Chippewa United, the doctor is also a team manager. I'm sure yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. a general manager is also something else, you know, bus driver. There's, there's, yeah. a, lot of, there's a lot of bad things that are happening at Chippewa's management that, has, that is affecting the, t- the team itself. And I yeah. think every every season you see a player being signed by Chippewa uh, and then he leaves two seasons after that, he comes back. There's a lot of recycling at Chippewa. There's yeah. nothing new. Even I the players that you, they signed, they're they, recycling. Yeah. They need a proper five to ten year vision and stick with it. That's what they need. They need to be relegated, Sean. That's <laughs> no, there's better teams in NF there's better teams in, in Latin Africa that are run properly, that have quality players that we wanna see. Do you remember do you remember what we saw with Ajax last season and in, in, in Clare Africa? I wish it just it was just unfortunate they never got promoted. You look at the youngsters, you look at the quality that they have. Sure. And the you, know, you look at how they run the setup. You know, yeah. those are the teams that I would love to see them get promoted within the PSL. And all those teams that are, you know, that are running teams like a Spaza shop, they need to, they need to, they need to, they need to go out. Let other teams that have the ambitions that the owners have, you know, the football people and the business minded, they want to see this game grow, they want to see the play, their teams grow. Let them come into the PSL and have the taste of it. Because mm. you can't be in this, you can't be a franchise that is fighting relegation every season. Every season, come on. Yeah, some some teams need a rude awakening. And uh, from there, we move into the international news desk, which I have uh, pre-recorded with our boy, Kurt Buckerfield, international news correspondent for Soccer La Duma. Take a listen. It's time for the international news desk. And for that, we are joined by Soccer La Duma's international news correspondent, Kurt Buckerfield. How are you doing, Kurt? Good, thanks, Lou. How are you doing? All good, all good. Uh, quite uh, an interesting round of Champions League matches that we got to see this week. Of course, uh, Chelsea uh, beat Porto 2-0 last night. We also saw Man City beating Dortmund 2-1, Madrid 3-1 against Liverpool, and PSG winning 3-2 against Bayern. So I think let's start with that Madrid match. Um, you know, for, for a team like Liverpool, who's won the Champions League quite recently, um, Madrid made quick work of them and made it look easy. What was your reaction to that match? Yeah, I think they made it far too easy for, for Real Madrid. It must be mentioned that they are without a strong centre-back pairing. I don't think Kabak and Phillips are Champions League level um, footballers and um, they they really just, you know, paid the price. I think what stood out for me in that game was how poor Trent Alexander-Arnold was um, and this is off the back of him being dropped from the England squad. Um, a lot of talk of, you know, whether he misses out on England's Euro team. So an interesting game, but I think that Real Madrid were ultimately the deserved winners and I still back them. Well, you know, Liverpool can turn things around quickly. We know that, but I do back uh, Real Madrid to advance uh, from that fixture, certainly. And uh, elsewhere, we saw Man City beating Borussia Dortmund 2-1. You know, I think Dortmund still have you know, their foot's in the door here. One away goal, um, you know, Haaland didn't really, he, he, he featured quite quite prominently, but he didn't have a goal. Uh, so we'll see in the second leg, but what did you make of that match? Yeah, I think, you know, as much, it was a great game of football, first of all, but it's it's probably a little concerning for Manchester City that, that Dortmund pulled one back so late because, you know, as we've discussed previously on Man City, haven't advanced past the stage of the competition, the quarterfinal stage, with Pep Guardiola, who is now or who is now in his fifth year um, at the club. So that'll be something that plays on their minds. I think it'll be a mental challenge for City to um, step it up a notch um, and convincingly beat Dortmund in that second leg. I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, I think as good as City are, as strong as they are, especially domestically this season, it's going to be very difficult, I think. Um, just because of that mental stumbling block that they they seem to keep hitting. And then uh, last night, Bayern PSG, one of the most entertaining games I've seen recently. Um, and of course, Bayern without Lewandowski, they missed him dearly. But uh, PSG, another Mbappe masterclass. What did you make of that one? Yeah, I think that uh, that was an interesting game because if you look at the stats after, after the game, you see how many chances that Bayern Munich had and missed. Um, and if 
you kind of think to yourself, well, if Robin Lewandowski was fit for that game, he may have scored five goals uh, based mm. on how many chances they created. So I think it would have been a lot different if, if they had Lewandowski and maybe even Nabry. Um, but PSG were just clinical on the on the break. Um, they caught Bayern on the break, I think, all, pretty much all three times. Um, but that tie is far from done. I actually think that Bayern Munich have a great chance of advancing if they just take, you know, three of the chances that they get in that next match. And they will have many because PSG do concede a lot of chances. And with Marquinhos' injury last night, um, that's something that will probably be a little worrying for Pochettino. But a fantastic game of football, a great game. One of the commentators mentioned that um, PSG have lost, uh, they lost three home matches at home in La Liga. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Ligue 1. Uh, yeah. So... So it should be interesting to see. And I mean, I know uh, I've seen now Lewandowski is going to miss the second leg through injuries. Yes, yes. Um, what's the latest on Nabri? Is, is he going to be available or Bayern looking at the same sort of team? I think they're probably looking at the same sort of team because these games, you know, will be just next week. Um, so I don't expect too much to change, but I just feel that if Bayern Munich can take or just be a little bit more clinical in front of goal, they have a great chance of going through. Um, as, as much as PSG have that advantage with three away goals, um, I think it'll be very much the same type of game when the two teams meet in Paris next week. And, uh, you know, obviously Chelsea with a, with a good result. Mason Mount, I think, featured. Um, do you yeah. think Porto still have a chance of, of, of advancing? No, I don't think so. I think Chelsea are pretty much through. And um, I tweeted about this last night, actually. Um, it's just how Lampard fans were kind of waiting for, for Tuchel to slip up and they really, really slated him after this weekend's loss against West Brom. It was embarrassing, a 5-2 loss. You know, they did have a sending off with Thiago Silva in the first half. Um, so it probably wasn't, you know, a fair reflection of, or it, it probably isn't how the game would have ended with 11 v 11. Um, but now Tuchel has taken Chelsea pretty much to a semi-final. I don't see any way back for Porto. As impressive as they were against Juventus, I think Chelsea are pretty much in the semi-final of the Champions League. And that's something that nobody would have imagined just a few weeks ago or just a few months ago, you know. So I yeah. think um, it's it's pretty amazing how, how well Tuchel's done in the short time since he's been uh, with Chelsea, yeah. And, you know, we briefly mentioned Erling Haaland uh, for, for Borussia Dortmund, but uh, the big question is about his future. And I saw some crazy headlines this past week. One, Borussia putting a 180 million euro price tag on him, apparently. And then I saw some stuff about the agent and his dad wanting an extra like 20, 30 million euros. What, what, what is the latest there? What was the late, uh, what's the information about his uh, apparent meeting with Barcelona um, and, and, and his potential move there? Yeah, well, that meeting was very much... Um, Mina Raiola style, you know, very public. Everyone knows about it. There's no hiding. Um, and I think that Mina Raiola, in doing that, in meeting Barcelona and having it be so public, I think he's trying to just drum up interest um, because I think he knows and everybody pretty much knows that whichever team signs Haaland next has a very, very good chance of not only success for, you know, the next five to ten years, but sustained success where it's like, titles pretty much every season, maybe 40 goals a season from this guy. So I think that no club, no top club that can afford Haaland or at least is interested in Haaland wants to miss out on his signature. So Raiola taking him to Barcelona and having it be so public, it kind of puts other teams on high alert and suddenly they need to be kicked into gear. I think that's what he's trying to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be at Barcelona because Barcelona won't be able to afford him. But next season, from I think from 2022, his uh, release clause comes into play and that's at 75 million, which is obviously significantly lower than what Dortmund could ask for at the end of the season. But we must remember that Dortmund uh, aren't really playing well domestically this season. There's a chance that they don't qualify for the Champions League. And I think if they don't qualify for the Champions League, they won't be able to demand 180 million. So I do think we'll see him leave uh, or move this season, at the end of the season, rather. Um, and it's pretty much a race between, I think, at least, Real Madrid and uh, Manchester City. Um, I can't wait to see what happens there. But yeah, it's it's Rayola style, you know, also the agent fees. And that's just kind of what you have to accept when trying to pursue somebody like Erling Haaland. You know that he comes with the agent and the, you know, 
that's just what's going to happen. It's it's not a surprise. It shouldn't be, at least to anybody. Definitely shouldn't be. Uh, and, and speaking of Madrid and Barcelona, we have the El Clasico coming this weekend. Uh, not only is it a big bragging rights uh, feature every single season, but this could also be a potential uh, title decider because both Madrid and Barcelona are right on Atletico's heels. Uh, what do you think we should be looking out for in this match? You know what? I think that... The, the, the last few old Clasicos haven't been that entertaining. And uh, Messi in particular hasn't really played well against Real Madrid uh, for the last four or five games. And I just think that Barcelona are playing much better football in 2021 um, than they were last season. I think they struggled for the first half of, of the campaign, but they've since turned a corner um, and everybody seems to have bought into what Koeman is trying to do. So. I think that if Barcelona beat Real Madrid this weekend, um, that will open up, I think, what will it be? A five-point gap on Real Madrid. Barcelona are currently second on 65 points, Real Madrid third on 63. Um, and Barcelona are only one point behind Atletico Madrid, who of course had that massive gap. Um, so I, I think that a win in El Clasico for Barcelona this weekend gives them such confidence. Um, maybe confidence they'll be able to carry until the end of the season um, for the last eight games after this weekend. And Atletico, of course, have, have pretty much slipped up and dropped the ball. And if they don't pick it up very, very soon, they, they'll miss their chance to, to win La Liga. So it's, it's looking like an insane title race. Uh, it's probably the best one across Europe's five leagues. Um, Atletico on 66, Barca on 65 and Real Madrid on 63. Can't wait to see what happens. Definitely. And I mean, one added aspect is that it's, of course, Madrid at home. But, you know, apart from these past four or five El Clasicos, Messi doesn't tend to shy away just because it's in the way no. of So, yeah. um, you know, it, 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 do you, are, you, are, you, are you predicting another one of those iconic Messi at the Bernabeu matches? <laughs> I, honestly, Slu, that there's nothing I want more for myself personally. Um, but I, I don't think that that's... No, I don't think it'll be a classic Messi performance, or at least I, I don't expect that. I think that if, if if Barcelona wins, Messi will have played a big role in that. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, let's hope. Slew, let's hope. Let's hope he scores after. Let's hope. It, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Kurt. Thank you very much for joining us on the International News Desk and have a great day further. Cheers, Slew. And uh, there you have it. We'll have our eyes on the El Clasico this weekend, of course. Um, and uh, from there, you know, we were talking about Chipper United and how they uh, hired Luke Emil as a technical director first, but, you know, we all knew what that meant. But for Safa and for Bafana Bafana, um, a lot of people might have forgotten this. And honestly speaking, it, it slipped my mind as well. After Neil Toby left the role as technical director for Safa, they still have not replaced him. And we've spoken about the broken structure at Safa and how um, all of these things lead to how poor Bafana Bafana have been over the years. Um, and yeah, they're still looking. I mean, if you go on Sokola Duma's website and, and you look at the Safa article uh, about this, they, they've, they've put like job requirements. You can send your CV. There's an email there. They're, they're, they're doing a, a big search for, for a technical director. Um, so I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this because it's it's strange to me that we've gone. It's, it it must be about four or five months now uh, since since Neil Tovey left the role, and we still haven't got a technical director. And uh, there's no real clear picture on who the best candidates would even be. Uh, so what do you make of the fact that you know Safa has you know they're having uh, some issues finding somebody for the role we still haven't uh, gotten an announcement for a new Bafana Bafana coach um and we obviously have these world cup qualifiers coming coming up so um you know is there a lack of of people available do you, do you think that there that there are guys that spring to mind for this type of role uh because i don't think i don't think that it's a that we lack the personnel in the country i think you know it's just a very it's a very difficult job at the moment. So what do you make of the situation that we're still hunting for for, for, for leaders in Safa? You're still hunting? Are you trying to say something there, Slew? <laughs> Slew, I think it's quite humorous um, that uh, <laughs> they put something out in the press. Please send CVs to, uh, and, and they give an email address and no, no certain qualifications needed. I mean, are you absolutely serious like a technical director of a national team and it's open to the public 
um, I, I think there's more to this story, Slew, uh, to be honest. Um, look, when you think of Bafana, you think of technical director, um, it, it's you automatically think of like Neil Tovey is the perfect candidate. You know, when you think of Bafana, you think of Neil Tovey, you think of Lucas Odebe, you, it's, it's, it's a beautiful story. Um, but obviously that story has ended. And I, and we spoke, I think we spoke about this last week because at the moment, who would want to work there? That's, that's the problem. Like it's, there's so much happening behind the scenes that, that we don't even know about. Um, and I'm sure they've approached a lot of people and they've just said, no, thank you. Uh, I really do. And don't forget, staff is broke. Like they, they, um, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's sad. There's a lot of people you'd like to see that you like, like Eric Tinkler might be a, a good example. Uh, you know, when, when you think of that sort of that genre, um, uh, Gordon Ingerson possibly, I don't know. Um, but it's, uh, it's who would want to work at the moment, Slew? That's the biggie. And I I just don't think um, we are being told the, the full truth. If Safa have to put something out to the press and please send your emails and CVs to this, I mean, come on. Come on. Can you imagine, can you imagine England doing that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's nah, something's, something's not right. Something smells fishy. <laughs> what do you think, Teko? I mean, of course, we, we have to ask questions as well. Why did Neil Tovey leave in the first place? Who have they asked so far? Yeah, yeah. How much are they w- willing to pay this guy? You know, it's, it's it, there's a lot of questions surrounding this. What are your thoughts? So, so for me, is is uh, we also need to understand the duties and the roles of a technical director. When you when you come into the Fana setup and being appointed as a technical director, um, you the guy that works well hand in hand with the coach, um, the vision, and 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 you the guy that also instilled the technical side of things on how we we install the, the identity, let me say, let me put it like that, of the team itself. But Bafana, we're still crying, we're still complaining about the identity of how we want to play. Um, we want to play for 4 2 with short guys, with Pesitao and Hamaldin. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. So, so with, uh, with the technical director is, is uh, I, I really, for me, I, I really love to see the guys that played in 96, most yes. of them probably maybe in the, and, and, and top positions in Safa because these are the football people that knows the struggles and 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 what it means to play for this country sure. and uh, and 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 that's that's what I would love to see. But in terms of the technical director side, it's it also it's important to have somebody that knows our culture, that knows that knows our players, that that knows the structure of, of Safa, that knows the PSL itself. Because mm-hmm. there's no point in appointing. A local technical director, and then you bring in a European guy to come and coach Bafana. Because now, 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 instead of now focusing on the technical side of things, it's focusing now on on the players Correct. who needs to be brought into the team. We we now we shifting that focus to, you know, teaching the coach the culture of the of, of our country of our players as well. So yeah. I think yeah. for me is is Safa has to have a vision, and for the fact that they don't have a vision you see you see all these things that are happening right now they trying to they trying to look like they transparent by advertising the job vacancy on the on on the on their website and this is this is a big 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 fraternity chief like safa is big mm. no matter how broke they are safa is big and you can't be putting out those positions like that you need to have somebody they need to be candidates already of even the coaches you need to have candidates already you need to know who you want. You can't wait as a staff and wait for people to actually send their CVs. You need to know exactly who you want. Mm. And and for me is I still believe that there's people that in Safa that still don't want. They're still holding on to their jobs that have been there for 20 years. They don't want to leave. They don't want to. They don't want to retire. They don't want to come out of that office because they still. They're the ones actually was dragging us down. Mm. And for the fact that Neil Tofu was there, yes, Neil Tofu would love to see Neil Tofu being there. But also you 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 also. We want to be in a position where, no disrespect to Niltov, you also want to be in a position where Niltov can actually come out and help us understand the identity of the Bafana Bafana setup and how they want the team to play and what's the vision of it. You know, so because you don't want to just put Niltov there for the fact that you're putting Niltov because he's a legend of the country and uh, it brings good spirit and, and people are happy that Niltov is there, but identify his role. Let him come out and say what is it that he needs to do there. Because I think Safa is doing that a lot. They're putting people there and then they just don't say anything. Just want to, you know, when there's a noise about something, okay, let me put him there and then not say anything about it. 
I think there is a reason why Neil Tovey left there. Probably maybe he wasn't used the way he was supposed to. Maybe that's why he left. He felt like he, has, he can't contribute uh, the way he should. And therefore, there's no point of being him being there. For the fact that we have so many legends within our country that played at highest level, uh, we don't consider them for such uh, uh, positions in SAFA. It, it's a problem. Instead, instead, we're going to go to a former minister of what, what, of water and air to bring in <laughs> there. And it becomes something that SAFA board. And then we, we don't have football people that are supposed to be there. Sure. Sure. We're speaking about we're speaking about Safa being broke. There's guys that are played in Europe. There's guys that they'll do this job without seeking maybe too much compensation from Safa. Correct. They've made their money, but they just want to see the football going forward. They just want to see like Teko you know, Medise. Uh, nah, I'll never work at Safa. No, I'll never work at Safa, and I, I don't want no because because the thing is like I know the politics at Safa. Yeah. I know the politics that are there. I, I've seen, I, I was, I was, I was a player when those type of things happening. Because when you, when first of all, you, you, we, for the fact that we're fighting for bonuses, you know, for me is, dude, we, most of the time you play against countries that they don't have bonuses. You play against your Ghana, where it's a pride and joy to play for, for such national teams. They don't mm. think about bonuses. Same as England. Fun. England don't get yeah. paid. You know that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. so now, how do we turn that around? How do we how do we how do we make Fana now to become um, um, one of those uh, uh, um, countries as well that are dominating the continent and also for players as well to feel privileged and honored to play for the for the country? When I joined Bafana, I didn't know there were bonuses. I didn't yeah. care. I was just happy to be part of the Bafana setup. I was excited. I knew that not everybody can go get this opportunity. Mm. Lately we spoke we spoke about how this thing happens. So everybody's guaranteed a a a a cap in Bafana Bafana. And, and, and I've heard people coming out and say, yeah, but the, the immediate form uh, will be the one that determines who who comes into the Bafana setup. Guys, Bafana Bafana is a team. Mm. Slew, I can see the headlines. I can see the headlines. Teko Medise for technical director at Bafana. No. I can no. see it. I can look, see it. Sean, look, Sean, Bafana Bafana is a team. Once you start electing whatever players that you are, they're becoming a team. So sure. with that team, you need a continuity. So when you say, when you come out and say form, immediate form will actually determine who comes into Bafana, which means your team will change every week. Mm. Because now, you, you, now you're in June by who's on form this week. Do you understand what I'm saying? So for yeah. me, is how do we find the right balance when, in bringing in guys that are on form and, and also having a core of the team being stable and, and moving forward? And how do you do that is elect the players that you want to build the team around with. Sit down with those players and make them understand that, guys, when you perform better, the Bafana performs better. So perform better in your team so that we can build a team around you. You become core of the team. And then the other positions that you can chop and change. Like for a striker, you can chop and change. But your midfielders, yeah. your defenders, your goalkeeper, you need to be very stable on that. A striker, I think the only department that you're looking at as who's on form, it's probably maybe the striker's position because we're lacking good strikers within the country. And also, you, you then then you start implementing the younger ones that are playing in under twenties, under what what you 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 start making those those friendlies that they normally do, like your Swaziland, whatever friends that you you make these boys come into the team, you start building the team. You can't come out and say we're rebuilding, we're building. But Fana has been rebuilding for the last ten years, and then and then you want to have no Tofi there. Uh, and 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 even when Neil Tofi is there, it's not going to be able to be given opportunities to go and watch all the teams that are playing in the country. Mm. And with with the new coach that is coming, he's not going to be able to go to Scotland and actually have a conversation with Bongani Zungu or watch Bongani Zungu play, or even have to understand what Pesita was going through, being him on the bench and come. You don't have those type of conversations. Mm. But you can, you, but point, you can come out and tell us that you had a conversation with Itumel and Kune and blah blah blah. Have conversations with other players as well. Sure. Let, let it be consistent. Have conversations with other players as well. There's so many players that you need to have conversations with. Kikin Dole has been struggling to get game time that side since he's been there. It's been injuries and all that stuff. There's players that you need to have conversation with because of the age. Because we still we still need to kick and Dole. We still need uh, pace it down. But assume we need his experience, whether we like it or not. Yeah. For me, I can't I can't pick a national team, the midfield in the national team without picking Bonganizu. Because he's playing is one it's, uh, way he's playing, he's playing for a hell of a big team there. Massive team. It's a massive team there. So, so you wanna you wanna tell me that there's 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 somebody that can do a better job than him because he's I, playing locally. Uh, 
I've heard, I've heard, Sean, it's, it's, it's bizarre because I've also heard players that have played in the Bafana, Bafana setup that played local football. They're saying, uh, uh, why are we selecting uh, overseas players just because they're playing overseas? And I'm like, dude, are you stupid? <laughs> Was that a real question? I, what are you saying? Yeah. We, 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 we want our players to get more exposure to go play overseas, uh, to, to go play for big teams and, and to be better so that when they come into Bafana, Bafana setup, we're stronger. Because the chances are, if you select the players with 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 no disrespect, you get a player from Black Leopards where 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 they they just fighting for relegation, and you put him in the Bafana set. Bafana Bafana setup is is different. You can't come in with the with a, with a club performance into Bafana Bafana setup and expect to perform better. Yeah. Bafana Bafana is a different level. You you need to bring the the, you, the level needs to be up because now you're selecting the best players that you have within the team. But I don't think we ever had an opportunity to select the best players. On, on to start the game, we always have a problem. We always question the selection. I think for me, it's 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 always been the Bafana Bafana problem where we, whether it's in I think everybody gets there into Bafana setup and fall onto the trap that everybody's been has been facing at Bafana Bafana. I think before we can even think of who the new coach is, let's reshovel the office. Let's 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 repaint the walls, please. Let's repaint the walls. Let's change the curtains. You know the fridge. Let's <laughs> let's put on the double door fridge. Let's change things, and then let's we can invest. bring in the new coach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if we bring in the right technical director, maybe they'll be able to oversee those changes properly. Yes, uh, but please, for the love of, um, you know, don't don't have it be open to the public. But anyway, Damn. we gotta rush through the rest of this show, gents. So. Move from there to this week in football history. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. This week back in 1988, Southampton or then Southampton striker Alan Shearer became the youngest person in history to score a hat-trick in England's top flight at 17 years and 240 (laughs) days old. Uh, He beat the previous record by three years and 50 days. Um, And uh, I won't say who who he got that hat-trick against, but I'm sure you can guess from subtext if you know this show. (laughs) Uh, This week back in 2001 was the Ellis Park Stadium disaster. Um, where Kaiser Chiefs hosted Orlando Pirates and the, mer- the match turned into the worst sporting disaster in South African history. There was reports that the stadium was double capacity at this day. So the, the capacity is supposed to be 60,000, but more, more gained entry. Some reports placed the total number of spectators at 120,000. Um, and as the crowd surged into the stadium, 43 people died after being trampled in the rush. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm so glad we haven't had um, a similar disaster since. Sure. Um, and... This week back in 2007, Manchester United staged a dramatic Champions League quarterfinal turnaround, overcoming a 2-1 first leg deficit by beating Roma 7-1 in the second leg and advancing 8-3 on aggregate. Um, And of course, you know, you know, the the stars of the show there, Rooney and one Cristiano Ronaldo with a double. Never heard of him. (laughs) Uh, You might just got to Google the guy, man. He's he's done done a lot of stuff. (laughs) All right, and then let's let's have a quick uh, PSL reaction. Um, so, of course, um, in the chiefs Stellenbosch game, there was a 2-2 draw. It, it meant that they both stayed in the exact same position. Uh, chiefs still within reach of a uh, top eight spot. They're two points behind TS Galaxy with a game in hand. So they got to they gotta make do on that so that they can at least make the MTN8 next season. But... Let's focus on that TTM Sundowns game. Uh, Deco, you were there. It was a game of, uh, I want to say two halves, but really just like uh, what I heard from Mangobanguiti afterwards, um, which was very interesting to me, is that it was Rulani Mukwena who switched up the tactics mm. um, that allowed Sundowns to kind of resurge into this match. Because if you if you watch the beginning, TTM absorbed so much pressure mm. and then were able to hit Sundowns on the break. But Sundowns came back and really looks like champions uh, and they remain unbeaten after 19 matches, six points uh, clear with two games in hand. Um, just just a remarkable performance. But what did you make of, of the match? Um, Slu, it was, it was expected in the beginning when, when, when uh, the way uh, TTM lined up themselves because you have the top players that are that were rested it, it tells you that the importance of winning against Mamelodi Sundance wasn't there 
if you win, it's a bonus, but let's not let's not lose the game and we rest our players because they, their next game is against his Galaxy. I think that's where the ambition was. But yes, they absorbed a lot of pressure. But the question was, will they do that the whole game? And uh, well, Mamiri Sundowns, I think some at some point they had like 700 and something passes. <laughs> with with uh, against hundred and something uh, with, mm. the, with the TTM, so it mm. was it, it was one of those games where we you could see that Mumbai Sundowns it will come back, and it was very interesting to see the the, the second half how they switched up because uh, with Tapelo Moreno now playing as uh, on the left hand side and Lake play on the right hand side, that resulted into a goal. Well, when when Lake bring uh, brought in the cross where Mkulisi scored with the header, it was very interesting to see that, and also. Um, I think also we, with the quality that Mamir Sundowns has on the bench, you know, they, they, they come in and they make a change because they know that there's other players also that wants to be in the lineup. So everybody has been given a chance that Mamir Sundowns is actually raising their hands up. And, and I think that's the advantage of having a big squad and a quality squad like Sundowns. So it was, it was one of those games where you knew that, you know, when, no matter what happens, uh, Mamdi Sundowns will win this game because uh, as much as first half, especially, uh, TTM had chances. I think Denis Onyango was the, was was busy, but I think also uh, Arubi made a couple of good saves in the first half that kept TTM in the game. But uh, I don't think they had any chance, any clear goal scoring opportunity. Where I would say that, you know, if they scored that one, the game would have been different. I think Mamdusana just dominated from the first minute. Teko, I, I didn't get to see the game. How did uh, Tabo Nyamani play for TTM? Because he's been having quite a good season with them. Did he? Uh, and obviously, I haven't seen him against a, a bigger team. Yeah. How did he perform? He, he he was he was he was the main guy, but I think he played at the he, they played him as a number ten. Mm. And uh, for me, is if if you want to beat Mamelodi Sundowns, you go you know that they, they put the aggressive fullbacks that will forever be high up, and then mm. you want somebody to occupy that space and be yeah. able to punish them because you're playing on the counter take. But with Mamelodi, I think he spent more time defending than attacking because how dominant Mamelodi Sundowns was, and how also TTM lined themselves up. Mm. They were willing just to give the ball to Mamelodi Sundowns and shift around. And shifting it, it requires a lot of work on your legs you get tired at some point and sure. and for me is is but whenever he was on the ball he looked good yeah. um um he was the set he's a specialist in terms of set pieces and uh, hit the post um with one of the free kicks and uh, with the goal that the ttm scored i think it's 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 from his left foot i think it's one of those players that if ttm gets relegated he'll he'll find a team i just hope that he doesn't get injured he stays fit but TTM had glimpses of of, of 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 a team that can threaten, but not against Mamli Sanam. I think Mamli Sanam were too strong for them. Mm, mm. I definitely agree. And Sean, I very quickly want to pick your brain about uh, what I mentioned introing that match where, you know, we know they have co-head coaches. Uh, Mango Benditi said specifically that, um, you know, Rulani Mokwena is the one who, who kind of switched up the tactics to allow Sundowns to, to, to come back from 1-0 down to win 3-1. What do you make of that? Because, you know, obviously they have so much squad depth, but then it also seems like they have coaching depth. They can just switch it up now. And they also have... Um, uh, Steve Compella there. So, so what do you make of that balance? That they they seem to have. Found, we had questions. They've seemed yeah. to have found a way to make it work. Well, that's the thing. We were darting it in the beginning. Uh, we thought there might be a bit of a power struggle or ego might play its role. But it's look. We don't know what happens behind the scenes. Don't get me wrong. Um, but from what we can see, being six points ahead and potentially twelve points ahead with those two games in hand, it's working. And um, I think for them to actually come out in public and start edifying each other or you know building each other up, um, it's absolutely brilliant. And I think that is the the message that carries through to the team as well. And that's what you want. You know, you, you don't want power struggles at the top because that will really filter down into the players. And and that's not happening. You've you've seen how dominant Sundowns have been this season. And you know, someone like George Mandeleka can't even get into the squad. You know, that's there's some firepower. This is a hell of a squad. And uh, from there, we move into some PSL predictions. Uh, we've got a few interesting uh, matches this weekend. Uh, you know, we're going to start right off with uh, Cape Town City versus Supersport United, uh, which is always uh, a interesting match. Uh, two teams that love to attack, two teams that struggle in defense. Um, and and both, both are looking for form at the moment, actually. Both, weirdly, are... Uh, 
only four points out of a possible 15 in their last five matches. So they really, really need a turnaround. What's your predictions? Um, yeah, I think an entertaining uh, two-all draw. Mm. Yeah. Two-all draw. Yeah. Echo? Uh, let me give Captain C the benefit of a doubt this time because they played too many draws. I think they need to win against Supersport. And I, I mean, when I was there at Captain City, we never struggled playing against Supersport. It was one of those games that you knew that you were going to win. And I just hope that Captain City will revisit those memories and those feelings as well and start winning again because they do have a good team, hell of a team. So a Cape Town City win. Victory. Uh, and then we have uh, Golden Arrows versus Bloemfontein Celtic. Golden Arrows, of course, sits second. Bloom Celtic are struggling more than they ever have this season. They sit in 11. Uh, they did win their last match. Who do you guys have? Um, I'm going Arrows. I've also got Celtic to go down. I'll tell you why, because they still haven't paid um, <laughs> goalkeeper out. And if they don't pay him out, they're going to get relegated. So um, I think the form that Arrows are in um, and what's happening at Celtic, I'm going with an Arrows win, especially that they're at home. Yeah. Cool. No, Arrows are very, uh, a very difficult team to beat, especially when playing home. And defensively, they're very, very strong. Mm. It's, it's, they play as a unit and uh, they... Look, it's it's not going to be an easy game for, for, for Golden Arrows, but I see them winning this game. And then up next, we have Swallows versus Leopards. Uh, Swallows, of course, have been struggling after that incredible start they have they had. sorry, uh, But uh, no team is struggling more in the league than Black Leopards. So what do you guys have in this one? Yeah, a tricky one. I can almost guarantee it's going to be like a 1-1 draw, but I'm going to go for a Swallows win. Mm. Go. Uh, 1-1 throw. Yeah. One one draw. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, you know, I always jinx this, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna preface this too much, but um obviously Chipper, they're coming off a, a five one loss to Marisburg United. Um mm-hmm. uh, and they're facing Sundowns. So who do you guys have? Six six zero. Yeah, I th- I, yeah, I mean I think it's a it's an obvious one. I mean, like I said, I think Chipper up front are not bad, but I think defensively they struggle. And with Sundown's firepower up front and in that attacking midfield, they've got no chance. I'm going with the Sundown's convincing win. Yeah, it's a convincing win for Sundown's. No chance. Convincing win for, for Sundown's. There's too many things happening at Chipper for them to be focusing on the game. Too much. It's, yeah, so it's it just that this game for Sundown's to, to them, it came too quickly. You know, yeah, so it's a Sundown's victory. Easy two zero three zero. The one you've been conceded. Yeah, should be interesting. I mean, Sundowns uh, after the Chipper match could have one of the craziest weeks ever because they have the quarterfinal of the MTNA. Sorry, um, NetBank Cup against Orlando Pirates, and then because of the schedule, they might have to play the semi-final three days later. So wow. we'll see. We'll see how they manage that. Um, it's going to be a tricky one for us to try and predict, by the way, next week. But. Um, uh, there are some interesting stories that we'd love to cover. We just uh, we've run out of time. Opa Manisa draining Chipper United, George Libise draining TTM. We will get to those next week because um, it's very interesting to see these guys. Uh, um, luckily, get second chances in this league. But um, you know, it's it's one of those they they've become journeymen in the league, and um, you know, one thing that journeymen need is a car <laughs> to get them around. Well done, Slee. Wow. So what is yeah. the car of the week? This week we've seen Hotso Maleko uh, being pictured with the latest 2020 E-Class Merc. The E350 sedan replaces the E300, signifying a power bump from 241 to 255 horsepower that also brings a slight fuel economy improvement. Sliding into the driver's seat of the E-Class, one would be forgiven for thinking it was an S-Class. The cabin is beautifully detailed with brushed aluminium, lovely wood, and some of the most comfortable seats that have ever been tested. Those seeking for faster thrills, though, would want to check out the Mercedes-AMG E53 and the crazy Mercedes-AMG E63S, not to 104.6 seconds, starting at 900,000 all the way up to 1.5 mil with all the bells and whistles. Very, very nice. Whose car did you say that is? Jotsomaleko. Well, uh, it's been an interesting show and uh, we always love to close off on a high note and uh, Sean always manages to make us feel a little better with the motivational quote of the week. 
Yeah, we're going to stick with Kaiser Chiefs and someone who's possibly got a bigger head than you, Slu, Lebohang Manyama. Uh, he says, <laughs> without <laughs> rain, nothing grows. Learn to embrace the storms of your life. Mm. I like that. Loving that one. Loving that one. Uh, I'm sure he's had to learn to embrace plenty of storms this season. Um, yes, but... That is how we close off today's show. That has been episode number 68 of The Car Wash. Whether you were listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Mighty Gang 96.7 FM's Game Time. Thank you very much for tuning in. I have been your host, Slu Paho. That has been Mr. Sean Roberts. Thank you, sir, kindly. And that has been Mr. Teko Modise. Hey, we may Buddha. Buddha. We will see you all, same place, same time, next week. Peace. Peace. Damn. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a car.